Welcome to Holy Snokes, a podcast about everything Star Wars related. I am one of your hosts, Leslie. And I'm Mia. And today we are going to be talking about Return of the Jedi, which I was really looking forward to watching. And I'm glad I did rewatch it. It was interesting. I remember I liked it as much as I remembered liking it when I was younger, which was good. But I have some thoughts. See, I I love Return of the Jedi. It's definitely my favorite in the original trilogy. Sometimes it can be in my top five. That like list is always changing, so it's never set in stone. Really? I did not know that. Yeah, I... I honestly, I feel like I wake up every day and it's a completely different order. Mm. Like, I think it just depends on my mood, what I'm looking for out of the film. But there's definitely, like, the top three that kind of cycle. And it's, you know, like, Last Jedi, Revenge of the Sith, and Rogue One. I feel like they're always fighting for dominance. But, like, I know that, like, Solo is never going to be number one. Mia does not like Solo. I'm fine with it. Oh, I'm sorry. just don't like a certain someone from my past who liked it. But I won't place that judgment on that film. And hopefully when we get to that point that we watch Solo, you won't judge it for that. Okay. Rewatching Return of the Jedi, I was so excited to hear your thoughts (laughs) because it just... It's so funny. I think that's like the the only way to put it is that there's some parts in this film that are hilarious for no reason. Well, that's what I was going to ask is like, where do we even begin? Do we just start at the beginning? I mean, I'll I'll do the facts because I feel like. Oh, yeah. Do my fa- do yeah, the facts. Got to start with the facts. So it came out May 25th, 1983. Uh, it had a budget of $32.5 million, and its current box office from all like the re-releases and everything is $475.3 million. That made it the highest grossing film of 1983. And it actually... Ooh, 80s. Yeah, ooh, the 80s. Ooh. It actually did pretty well with reviews, which, as we've talked about with episode four and episode five, it was kind of mixed. But I feel like people actually liked this film, which shocking because I feel like Star Wars fans have never come to like a full agreement on if a movie's good or not. It's so far out there compared to four and five that I don't know. I, I can't decide if they were just going for a totally different audience, but there's parts of it that are just like, what's happening? Well, so, okay. So the movie starts once again, just like the past two films. They do not tell you that it has been a full year since the events of the last film. So like you have to remember at the end of Empire Strikes Back, Luke and Leia are like, oh, we have to go find Han. And so Lando and Chewie go off in the Millennium Falcon to go find Han. Okay, Boba took Han to Jabba. Jabba's palace is on Tatooine. Let's go to Tatooine. I don't know why it takes them a full year to get to Tatooine, but that doesn't matter, apparently. Well, Luke needed to find a tailor because he is rocking a hot 
suit? The Chanel boots. Oh my gosh. You look so good. Episode four and episode five, Luke. No. Not my cup of tea. This is my Luke Skywalker. Yes. The black, like from top to bottom. We're assuming that none of you guys have ever watched this movie, which we know is not true, but we're going to describe his outfit now because it's so on point. Tight, black. The little collar. He just looks so good. And like the hair isn't as shaggy as it's been in the past. No, it is parted and perfect. He's on it. So it just took a long time to find himself. Maybe that's what he was doing. He's looking for himself first before he went after Han. He spent a year doing that. While somehow the Empire has built a new Death Star. Which the first one took, let me do the math real quick. The plans for the Death Star started back in 19 BBY. So it literally took 19 years to construct this giant starship that can destroy a planet. But somehow they just cook up another one in a couple of months. And you're just like, all right, yeah. I was, I'm glad you clarified that because I was a little confused. I was like, I thought the other one blew up. Yeah. But then I was like, well, maybe it didn't blow up totally. And they're just doing like a home renovation show. They're refurbing the old Death Star into the yes. second Death Star. Are you going to love it or list it? And they said, love it. Oh, yeah. Emperor Palpatine was like, I love it. <laughs> I hate letting it go. And where did he come from? Like, did I miss something? Like, you see the Emperor once in Empire Strikes Back, and it's just like a, a hollow call with Vader. Yeah, the Palpatine just shows up, and you're like, who's this old man? And you're like, oh. Why is Darth Vader being a little bitch yeah, here? I don't know. Galaxy, okay. All right, sorry, we're going, we're jumping too far ahead. No, that's like the very beginning. Like, literally, like, the movie starts, and it's the Death Star. That's true. I'm just waiting to get to the part where we talk about the Fraggles. Oh, we got to talk. We The Fraggles? <laughs> the Fraggles. The hell are the Fraggles? <laughs> Those little creatures in um, Jabba's palace, they look like they're from Fraggle Rock. I don't know what Fraggles are, but I oh am my gosh. so excited to talk about Jabba's palace. Because they look at all the Muppets. And Fraggles. Fraggles was uh, made by Jim Henderson. Jim Henson. Henson, who made the Muppets. He also made Fraggle Rock. And I'm like, what the hell are Fraggles doing in Return of the Jedi? Let me tell you, I love those Fraggles. Because you know me, I love Max Rebo, who's that like blue elephant thing at the keyboard. Ugh. I I love that entire scene so much because, like, Max Reed was jamming out on the keyboard and then you got the bad bitch, Cy Snoodles. <laughs> she comes in and she's got, like, her ruby li lipstick on and she sings probably the best song that has ever been created. I, I love that song so much. Like, that's probably my favorite part of this entire movie is just this random part and especially it wasn't even an original scene like that was added in the 1997 special edition so there used to be a completely different song george lucas was like nah man 
I need Jedi rocks. Do, does it remind you of Sunny Eclipse? Oh, at the Magic Kingdom. Holy. Is yeah. that why you like it so much? Apparently, I just love aliens on keyboards. Because, yeah, it's the same energy. But I also like Sai Snoodles because she's in Clone Wars in, in, like, one episode. I have no idea who you're talking about. It's that, like, frog lady that sings the song. And she's got, like, those, like, pucker lips. Oh, God, yes. Yes, Sai Snoodles. No. I just love it because there's this line in Clone Wars she's talking to zero the hut and zero's like oh do you really mean that like these still have feelings for me and she's like from the bottom of my fluid sack <laughs> oh my god and i think what? that is uh, so funny props to the writers of clone wars that is the funniest line i love the entire scene but one thing i don't like about the scene is what is this plan to like get Han out of the palace. I don't know. The whole thing seems a little screwy to begin with. So, but I like how Han is basically just a piece of wall art. Like something you'd go to the mall and you go to one of those stores and be like, I need some art for my wall. I have a palace. I'm really fat. I don't speak a language anybody understands, but. I think I need something really classy just to class up the joint. I'm going to take a frozen guy and put it on my wall. When I like how other people are like, I'm here to get Han. And Jabba's like, no, he's doing great on the wall, right where he is. He's fine. He's fine. Yeah, so I don't know if Lando being there was like plan A or if the droids being there was plan A or Leia being there or Luke being there. Like, I just don't know what their plan is. But then again, Vader's plan in Empire Strikes Back kind of sucked. Their plan to get Leia in New Hope kind of sucked. So I think they're just a bunch of idiots. So I guess we should look into it that deep. The droids showing up was kind of funny. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, who, who sent you here? What are you doing? Go away. You're going to cause trouble. Well, like C-3PO says like, one sentence that kind of explains everything and it's like the first line he says <sighs> like this scene because we've got Leia with the gold bikini which is so problematic but also at the same time I would kill to have that body well it's so iconic that whole scene I mean just seeing her there laying on her side okay like that's realistic but whatever but when she kills Jabba, holy nightmare. She's not like it girl. I mean, that's what I think every girl wants to be is sexy, but also like murderous. <laughs> I was reading something about Boba because Boba is just chilling at the palace. And I remember that in the novelization for Return of the Jedi, like, the whole point of Leia being in the slave outfit is like obviously he's gonna Jabba is gonna gift Leia to Boba. Oh. And Bo like there's a scene where Boba and her like in his like quarters and she's like, Don't touch me. And he's like he's like sex before marriage is wrong. I will not touch you. And then like goes in this whole propaganda thing about like 
we're not married, I'm not going to touch you. Which is like a whole thing of Mandalorians where they're like, oh, that's true. You know, they don't, they're really into kids. So they wouldn't want to do something accidentally to create a kid. Like it means so much to them. But I just like the whole idea of this boba propaganda of being like, sex before marriage, disgusting. No, no. No, no. It's, they're just kind of hanging out. Luke shows up. I'm going to get Han. I'm going to use my magic. Do what I tell you to do. What you do. And then Jabba's like, I'm not an idiot. So they just go out on this boat. That's like a club. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You jumped too far. Because I want to talk about the scene when Han gets unfrozen. Oh my god. That part. He can't see. I don't know why your eyeballs don't work after being frozen. Because you can freeze eggs. And your eyes are like eggs. So they should work. What I'm trying to explain here is the fact that Han was more excited to see Chewie than he was Leia. With Leia, he was like, oh, hey, baby. I'm so glad to see you. With Chewie, he was like, holy shit, Chewie, I've missed you so much. Like, they're so excited to see each other. Did you not, like, wonder what the heck is going on? Like, what kind of relationship that is? But, like, Leia has that helmet on with that voice changer that's, like, really scary. So if you're blind and someone's, like, touching you and they're like, you, you're sick. <laughs> you have carbon sickness. <laughs> You've got a little cold. You've been frozen for a long time. You know, it's it reminds me of that like John Mulaney bit where it's like when people wake up from like a coma and they're like, "Who are you?" <laughs> like that was what are we? Yeah, yeah. Instead of being like, "Oh, hey, man," I totally know who you are. How's it going? Get me some ice chips. I'm just gonna say it's that like delirious waking up from a year long nap. <laughs> Where he's like, oh, my lover, what? That's crazy. And then he kind of, like, wakes up a little bit more. And he's like, it's Chewy, man. <laughs> Chewy! You're not supposed to wake a sleepwalker. Maybe we shouldn't have woken up Han that way. But, yes, go back to the boat. I, yeah, I'm going back to the boat because I'm just going to ignore the whole rancor part. <laughs> where Luke throws a, chucks a rock at it. i ignore that. <laughs> So they're at the Sarlacc pit and everything just happens so fast. Cause then Luke makes it seem like this was his grand plan all along. Pirates. He wanted to be a pirate. He wanted to be a pirate, which it is dramatic. And that does seem like something that the offspring of Anakin Skywalker would do is something that's dramatic and kind of petty. It doesn't make any sense. It kind of happens really quick. Boba has like the worst death ever because he just basically gets knocked shelly by Han and oh I've fallen in the Sarlacc pit so my entire life I've been like Boba that's a stupid character I don't understand why people are so into I bought a t-shirt the other day that has half of it has Boba Fett's helmet on it and the other half has Tamora Morrison's face I would like to officially apologize to all the Boba Fett stands. I misjudged you. 
Well, wait a minute. So he goes down into the monster's mouth. Does he get pooped out? How does he live? Says that's what we don't really know. They don't explain it in Mandalorian. We can obviously assume that he killed the Sarlacc and that the Beskar armor that he wears protected him from being digested for a thousand years. Oh, yeah. I need answers. So hopefully they'll be answered in the book of Boba Fett coming December 2021. But I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Mystery. But then again, there, there's a lot of things in Star Wars that they don't really answer. So is this going to be like the one thing I'm hung up on? No, I. it just is helping pull things together for me from the Mandalorian. So. Ah. Oh, point of this podcast. Well done, Mia. Well done. Just making sure that it's it's working for you, that you're learning. Oh, I'm learning. I'm learning. I don't like how that sounds, but. Mm. Yeah, so Boba's dead. <laughs> and they get off. They get off Tatooine. All right. And then <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing because Yoda's death scene. I think is once again another example of why this film is so funny. Because they get off Tatooine, Yoda and R2 go back to Dagobah. Because Luke's like, I have a promise to keep. I need to complete my training. Which, what have you been doing this past year? <laughs> I mean, clearly you've been up to something because you just pulled a bunch of Jedi mind stuff on everyone there in Tatooine. The new lightsaber. You didn't think Yoda might help you with that? He feels bad. Regret. It takes him a year to be like, do you know what? I guess I'll check in on my old master. He shows up to Dagobah and Yoda's like, I'm dying. (laughs) Do you see my eyeballs? They're going in different directions right now. The end is near. Waiting for you to show up so I can die (laughs) in front of you. And that whole conversation is so funny because Luke is trying to ask the most serious questions. Is Vader really my father? What is the deal with this, like, prophecy of the Chosen One? Can I bring my dad back to the light? Do I have a sister? And the entire time, Yoda's just like, man, I just want to lay down. (laughs) I'm so tired. Like That that puppet keeps, like... (laughs) <laughs> pulling the blanket over himself and he's like mm, I guess we'll never know and Luke's like no I need more information don't you die you little green bastard would I really not try to mess with Luke as I'm dying <laughs> I never thought about that I'm Yoda what can I do to make his life a living hell the last few moments of my life. Apparently it's that. It's being an asshole. Because then Yoda dies. And looks just like, oh. This this frog died. And he goes outside. And then Ben's force ghost just shows up. Why is he always showing up? I mean, no wonder Luke is like batshit crazy. Because he keeps having a ghost show up to him. Wouldn't you be freaked out too? Well, Luke's like pissed the entire conversation. Because he's like, why did you lie to me? Why did you say that Vader killed my father? Why didn't you tell me that Leo was my sister? And then Ben's like, well, 
he was true from a certain point of view. Like, at, don't try to to outsmart Luke at this point. Like, he caught you in the middle of a lie. Like, own up to it. Yeah, so clearly Luke's just like, I'm sick and tired of this ghost showing up. I'm calling your ass out. And you know what? Ben needed to be called out on his bullshit. He spent all of Clone Wars just being a sassy man. <laughs> and yeah, someone needed to fry his old ass, so I'm glad that Luke did it. That definitely earns Luke some points in my book. Luke leaves, he goes to the Rebel base, and they're like, alright, we're, we're gonna destroy the second Death Star. And I will say that this plan makes a lot more sense than the first time they blew up the Death Star. No, that's a lie. N- neither one makes sense. It seems more logical that the Empire kind of learned from their mistakes the first time. And they were like, we need to shield our construction zone so that rebels don't blow it up like they did the first time. Who is the one guy that looks like a squid? Is it Captain Akbar? Admiral. What is his name? Oh, he's, it's yeah, Cardon he's an admiral. Admiral Akbar. Mm-hmm. How does he know what you're doing anyway? His eyeballs are on either side of his head. Maybe he's like an owl where they can see like even like behind their head. The plan makes sense, I guess. It doesn't bother me as much as I think it should. Mostly because I love in the forest mood of Endor. I was about to say Endor, but it's not Endor. The forest mood of Endor. Forest moon of Endor? Okay. Yeah. I did not know that. Did they say that in the movie? Yeah, they say it like a couple times. <laughs> but like all of like pop culture has been like Endor. It's like, no, no, no. It's a moon of Endor. It is not the Endor. Oh. It's not on indoor. Because, like, that's the whole thing in Rise of Skywalker. Wait a minute, wait a minute. It's outdoor of indoor. (laughs) So funny. Are you sure about that? Oh, my God. (laughs) You're welcome. I was going to say about indoor in Rise of Skywalker with Kef Burr, that planet they go to with the spoiler, they blow up the second Death Star. And the remains of the second Death Star, like, in that ocean. Oh, yeah. Because they say in that movie, the indoor system. So it's kind of like, everything that's in that area is the indoor system. And there's usually, like, a main planet that is, like, indoor or Mandalore. There's the Mandalore system. And then there's kind of, like, the main. And then everything else around it has its own name. Moral of the story. People always say it's indoor. It's the forest mood of indoor. I'm putting my foot down. Thank you, Mia. Thank you. But I love the forest mood of indoor, man. Like, the outfits they wear are sick. Like, the costume designer really went all out for these ponchos. And Leia's in, like... I I love her outfit when she's on indoor. With, like, the poncho, when she's got the braids. Oh, yeah, the braids were on point. Like, that's my favorite Leia look. And then it's just, it's just a nice forest. You've got these cool bears walking around. Which this is a good point, a good spot to let everyone know. If you want to see an Ewok in real life, 
you've got to check out our Instagram channel because we have an Ewok living in our household. His name is Freddy, and he looks like an Ewok. We should dress him up for Halloween as an Ewok. All right. He makes the noises. He is really drawn to food, much like how Leia gives that one Ewok some treats. He'll do anything for treats. If anybody is interested in sponsoring a dog that looks like an Ewok, let me know. We can work out something. You make it sound like we're the ASPCA. Oh, sorry. I meant like if anybody wants him to do a deal with them. Okay. I don't know what I'm saying. All I know is if somebody wants to give me money and I'll give my dog a little t-shirt to wear for their company, let's talk. You heard it here first. We're selling out our dog (laughs) for promotion and capitalism. Eh, He's cute. Yes, I do. Going back to the movie, though, I freaking love the Ewoks. Is that something that that Star Wars fans argue about? What if they're about whether they it's cool to like the Ewoks or not? Honestly, I feel like people know that they're cute. Like I've never heard anyone say that they're ugly. And I feel like indoor is one of those things where a lot of people have really positive connotations about it. Kind of like with Hoth or Cloud City. Where it's locations in Star Wars that are just so important that you can't really have a negative opinion about it. Now, if I was to say, oh, my favorite planet, because this is true, my favorite planet is Umbara. And if you know what Umbara is, it's from Clone Wars, and it's a really good, well-written arc, but a lot of clones die in it. So I think people could be like, oh, I hate that planet because those episodes were so traumatic. Or you could be like, oh, I love that planet because some really good episodes took place in it. So people um, attach the emotional uh, gratification they got from those episodes or movies to these planets. Mm-hmm. I personally, I just think that the forest move indoor looks cool. And this movie, which takes place on it, is cool. If anyone ever came to me and said that they think Ewoks are stupid, I probably would hit them. I agree. They're very resourceful. There's just nothing about them that I see as being a negative. Like, they save everyone's lives. They like to party. Oh, they get down. Actually, I just thought of a reason why you might not like them. Because they think that C-3PO was a god. And that's what gets me oh, angry. That's right. I thought that was hysterical, though. And, and I, I thought it was funny because I know how you feel about C-3PO. And the whole time I'm like, this is the best. And even the other characters, though, were like, this is the worst. <laughs> like, they're bad net like a thousand in my book. Because I'm like, man, the Ewoks are so cute. They're so funny. They're so resourceful. They're about to eat Luke and Han just because. And they've put Leia in this, like, dress and done her hair. Oh, total hippie. Yeah. Like, her hair and flowing down through her. Oh, it's just gorgeous. Why did they do that? Doesn't matter. They just just were like, here's a pretty dress. We're going to do your hair and your makeup. I'm totally fine with that. 
I like the whole conflict of like, oh, don't don't eat Luke and Han. But the moment they get C three PO involved, uh, <laughs> why, why, why again? Why? How can those droids even get up onto the platforms where the Ewoks are? I I just I know I've harped on this every episode that we've had of how R two D two and C three PO can physically get places. They're so awkward. Yet they got up on like these tree houses. Like how? How'd they get up I there? I think about that too all the time because like C3PO can't bend his knees. So you can't climb upstairs. So is there like a tree elevator? Or like I know R2 has like rocket boosters. Does he just like fly up? Or is like Maybe. someone literally having to like carry C-3PO up a tree. It'd be like your little sister. If we had to get her up a tree, we'd have to carry her up. If someone came up to me and was like, hey, you need to get C-3PO up the top of this tree, you couldn't pay me any amount of money. (laughs) I bet he stinks. You know, like when metal has that weird smell. Or like old pennies. Yes! I mean, he is gold-plated. So he'd kind of smell like rust or like that like blood smell. I just that man. But it is funny. It's cute. Haha. <laughs> they think he's a god. Oh. Good for C3PO. And then they're finally like, all right, enough of that. Let's get into like the deep philosophical parts of this film where we talk about the prophecy and about redemption. And then that's where the nerd in me is like, yes, I love it. And then I'm like, let's go back to partying with Ewoks, but that's okay. No, I love the like Luke and Leia scene where he basically is like, hey, Vader's my dad. But he's also your dad. Like that transition is like so terrible. Because we know that Vader is this horrible person. But then you also remember that Vader tortured Leia and then blew up her home planet and everyone she loves in front of her. I was going to say, as she watched. But as you've pointed out, he didn't know that he was her father. he didn't know. At that time. That doesn't excuse genocide, but he didn't know. He didn't know. He didn't know. And so they're talking. He's like, I got it. I got to go redeem him. And Leia's like traumatized by this rebels, this bombshell he just dropped. He's like, I'm going to go turn myself in. But he goes and just walks into a Imperial base. I was watching Return of the Jedi with um, Troy. And I think I got up to get a drink and I came back and he's Luke is there. And I'm like, what happened? Like, how did he get up there? And Troy's like, he just showed yeah. up. I was like, hey. Literally, like, Vader's on a bridge. And another Imperial shows up. And it's just like, hey, this guy turned himself in. <laughs> and then Vader's like, leave. You and I gotta have a chat. And then it's like this weird, like, I've never called my dad father. But, like, Luke Amelia's like, yes, father. Such a weird, like, tension. The stakes are so high. 
but I couldn't imagine what it would be like in 1983, where we don't really have the context yet of the Chosen One prophecy that we get in the prequels. Right. Because in the prequels, you learn, like, how important Anakin Skywalker is. So, like, at this point, Luke literally, like, the fate of the galaxy rests on his shoulders. If he can't turn Vader back to the light, then all is lost. The light will be extinguished and evil will run rampant through the galaxy. That Luke has such faith, even in someone that's so horrible, that they can come back from anything. I really like that. I think that's why I like a character like Kylo Ren so much. Because his dynamic with Rey is all about her still seeing good in him. And no matter what he's done bad, he can still turn to the light. And that's so comforting. Especially like in a time right now to know that you could be at your lowest point and there could be someone there that still believes in you. Which like to go from like these silly first two films... To then just having this, like, philosophical bombshell at, like, the end tale of this film definitely doesn't seem like a kid's movie anymore. Well, I think we've talked about that, that none of these seem like a kid's movie, but that's what they were. Yeah, I don't know what being a kid was like in the 70s and 80s, but I wouldn't think it'd be this, like, morally ambiguous. Well, a lot of the movies that I grew up on... There's no way I would have ever shown them to you or your sister. Like the horror films, for example, Silver Bullet. That's a movie where a little kid's in a wheelchair and there's a werewolf. I mean, that was like, that's what I watched at slumber parties. Like that's, that's what we watched. We watched Friday the 13th. We watched all sorts of stuff like that. Goonies is a kid's movie and that's not really meant for kids either. So... I I don't know. I guess we were just the producers and film directors back in the day were like, you know what? They're going to love it. And I'm going to make money off of it. And we did. Well, I'm glad they made that decision. It's worked out pretty well for me, I, I will say. I, I do have to comment, though, when Luke chops Darth Vader's hand off, I was like, Pennyback is a bitch. Luke so ham on Vader. Because now they're on, they're on the, the second Death Star, and Palpatine's being his manipulative self, as usual. And then, like, Luke and Vader are fighting, and he just, like, is beating the shit out of Vader. Like, yeah. he's going, like, it makes my arms tired watching how much he's throwing down that lightsaber. And he's just like, you don't need this robotic hand anymore, haha. If it was a Forensic Files episode, which is a show that Mia and I love, it would be considered a crime of passion. Yep. The amount of smackdown that Luke gave to Vader. Yeah, there was a lot of passion and, and anger, which passion can lead to the dark side. Aha. Uh-huh. I know that this is going to be very, like, controversial. This side of Luke, I think... Makes a lot of sense from the Luke that we see in The Last Jedi. Because a lot of people are like, that's not my Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker would, wouldn't would kill a boy because he might destroy the galaxy. Do you not see how easy it was for him to almost strike down his father? Because he let those emotions get to him. And I think 
now we see this Luke that does struggle with the dark side, but can overcome it. And then we see, you know, a couple years later, Mandalorian, this kind of stoic Jedi figure that represents wisdom and is trying so hard to restore this dead order. And he's going to go at any length to rebuild it. So he's going to destroy all these dark troopers to get Grogu. He's going to scour across the galaxy for four cents of younglings. So you're telling me if he looked into Ben's mind that night at the hut and he didn't for the briefest moment think that this kid could literally destroy everything that I've been building and you know have been working for and is the security of the galaxy you wouldn't you for the briefest moment be like what if I could stop it now I'm not saying that you automatically be like I'm gonna kill this kid but that's the whole point of the last Jedi is for the briefest moment of instinct he panics which that is a human uh reaction but then it passed like a fleeting shadow so in my mind this Luke that we see now going into the sequels, that's the Luke I love. Because it shows conflict, it shows depth, it shows struggles with the dark side, but there's also maturity behind it compared to the Luke that we see in New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, who is just a bitchy little farm boy who whines constantly and just runs around in his floppy shag haircut and cries about Ben's death, but doesn't really care about his own aunt and uncle dying. Yeah, when they're like barbecued like fried chicken. They're burnt to a crisp and he's just like, oh man. When Vader takes his helmet off, or when Luke helps Vader take his helmet off, I wonder how many people were like, whoa, that is not what I was expecting Vader to look like. He looks like my father-in-law. To be honest. Yeah, he kind of does. It's, I don't know. It's weird. Like, I'm waiting for the day that Disney decides to add Hayden Christensen as Vader to, like, digitally rework that. Because it's... Well, I was shocked when I saw him at the end. Oh, did you forget about that? I got very confused. (laughs) And Troy's like, well, they, they added him in later on. And I'm like, I don't like that. They need to stop doing that stuff. But see, it's con- it's confusing because, like, in that revamp, you know, they added Hayden Christensen. But, of course, it was, like, when they're doing the prequels, you're like, oh, that's a young Anakin. But, like, why is he young as a ghost, but, like, Ben is still an old man as a ghost? hmm Yeah, there's just a lot of things that are confusing about that. Once again... George Lucas. We just gotta let yeah, it go. George looks like you gotta let it go. I'm really glad I watched it. And I'm really glad that it's leading up to the first movie, which is The Phantom Menace. I am Here we go, so y'all. excited. Here we so go. So excited. Is Natalie Portman in the first yes. one? Yes. God damn it i'm so excited to talk about that because like it is mostly just going to be a mia lecture because i have so much explaining to do you should be pumped because i bought uh a little greedo doll 
the like weird bug thing that owns Annie. And like I was doing impressions to myself. Where he's like, Annie. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. We'll bring those up on our next episode when we discuss the Phantom Menace. So in the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Holy Snokes Podcast. Make sure you check it out because that's where pictures of Freddie will be. And he's the most important member of our family. True. Maybe we should have him on the podcast. He won't like it. He's too he doesn't awkward. like anything. No. He likes us. He likes breathing air. And just exists Sometimes. Yeah. You can also find us on Facebook if you're old like me and you prefer Facebook over Instagram. I'm hip and and young, so I use the Insta. I do too, but you're also on Facebook. Well, I like my name on Instagram better because it's Kylo underscore cutie. Oh, damn. You you did it before I even... I know what it is. Because it's awesome. But until next time, may the force be with you. And also with you. Bye, guys. Bye.